confidence from carrying the blades at all could have crippled her in the space through which she stole. No sword or bow, no steel at her waist, no throwing knives close at hand. Item by item, her mind took stock of every weapon on her belt or body, and when it was done, she still stared at the guard before her because the only blades she carried that night were the two boot knives, securely in place, a meter from her fingers. The doorway breathed with the chilling breeze that slid along the street. Damp, glowing roads pooled their shadows between the trees. Few outside lights were needed in the city, not with faintly luminescent streets to outline the buildings and nine moons to shine through the night. But the moons did not help her on this night. Not one of them clung to the backsides of the clouds above the county. The long, thin bed of root-road trees, whose glowing roots stretched out in hardened avenues, threw such faint light that Regia could barely define the outline of the guard against the doorway. The pale streets were sentinels of silence, and the night itself, seemed to wait with Negruli's man for her movement. The silent man shifted once, a hair closer. Her eye exacted the distance, and she smelled the dust on his clothes. Not warehouse dust or lab dust or the smells of fungal gels or spores. His jerkin was like the pelt of a wolf, heavy with the scent of the woods and trails, and his breath was sweet with the same. She could almost feel his body before her as the wind curled around his frame, could tell he was taller than she. His hair was hidden beneath a war cap, and his face disguised by darkness. She didn't know if she saw or felt the way his weight balanced on the balls of his feet, but she knew that even with the dark that hid them both, he did not miss the way her skin flinched over her ribs, away from the point of that knife. She took a breath so gently in that it barely shifted her lungs. How about you put down that knife, and I won't have to hurt you? Even to herself, her low, almost whispered voice was steady. She did not know that her lips curled back from her teeth like a wolf, and the flash of fear that lay deep in her eyes looked more like the gleam of a hunter. The knife did not waver. If you're waiting for the others, they won't be coming. They went to the iron bar for a grog. Her voice was cool as the steel of that blade, yet, steady as she sounded, her muscles had somehow lost their heat and now clamped like stone to her bones. Her throat could barely push the words between her frozen teeth. Chilled, her hands seemed iced onto the glass vials, and in her mind, still thin and distant, the heat of the wolf who raced through the streets left her sea of fear untouched. Did the knife-man slant his head to hear her? She turned her right palm up as if in entreaty. The blade flicked in response, its warning clear, don't move. 
but she was already closer to that gleaming blade, closer now by a hand. Her voice was so soft it was almost lost in the breathing of the wind. Give me your name, Blader. Was it his breathing she heard or hers? She stretched her fingers and gained another inch. Her balance crept to the balls of her feet. What would you do with my body, anyway? Stuff me into one of the kilns and put my ashes out in the morning? A slight sound broke the pale silence of the road. A footstep, a voice? For an instant, neither moved. Then Rez's hand shot out. She followed her own movement with a violent lunge. One hand grabbed the knifeman's wrist, the other grasped his elbow. She yanked him toward her. His ribs hit hers. She didn't notice when his elbow jammed into her side, half-twisting her body around him. She threw her slight weight on the bend of his arm and wrenched it back toward his gut. His grip on the blade seemed to loosen, and just before the knife went in, she hesitated. Like wind through a net, her leverage disappeared. His arm rolled up, not down and back. Hard muscles bunched beneath her grip. His thick wrist twisted, his iron fingers kept their grasp, and with an almost negligible flick of his body, she was turned like a doll and pinned against his chest. She did not move. The frigid steel now pressed against her throat. One rock-hard arm circled her slender waist, the other crossed her chest from armpit to neck to hold that blade to her flesh. Eight blocks away, the young gray one's feet sped swiftly. Her pulse beat against the hardened muscles of his forearm. Her breathing was harsh, yet her chest barely rose and fell, as if expanding her lungs might push her neck against the knife. Instinctively, her fingers dug into his arm, pulling it down and tight to her chest. The howl of fear that rose in her head deafened her to her thoughts. Her mental voice, even with control, was tinged with the fright that pounded against her ribs. She couldn't help her mental cry, Vlen! Wolfwalker, I come. Her nostrils flared. No weapons, she thought. She had only grave Len and bluff. My dog doesn't like those who manhandle me. The voice was low but steady, and it took Rez a moment to realize it was still hers. You've a wolf, not a dog. His voice was barely more than a breath. If you value its life, keep it away, and be quiet but Vlen's shadow flicked along the city blocks. The low brush that grew between the root-road trees broke beneath his weight and sent the night creatures skittering to avoid his feet. His link to Regia, new and thin in both their minds, strengthened with his urgency. Rez's breath was suddenly caught in Vlen's, so that her lungs pumped with his, shallow and fast, and her nose was clogged with odors. She tried to separate the scents, to remember that it was her own hands that smelled of fungus, 
her clothes that smelled of the labs. It was the night that smelled of muggy dust and fog. And the knifeman, with that steel on her throat, smelled of trails and sweat and blood. There was blood upon his hands, his knuckles, faint, as if it had been clotted. It made her dry mouth water as if she had bit her own lip to taste the same sweet, tangy fluid. His hands shifted. The blade indented her flesh. Keep him back, the knifeman breathed. How did he know? Could this man feel the wolves as she did? Flynn! She couldn't keep the fright from her tone. Wait! For moon's sake, stop! Come no closer! The wolf pulled up, uncertain, his limbs almost trembling with eagerness. Another sound drifted down the root road, and this time it was clear. Footsteps in the no-moon night. Rez jerked, and the steel seemed to slide on her neck. She froze again. Be still, the blader whispered, and very, very quiet. Rez's hearing, heightened by the sense of the cub, caught the sound of the steps like a slow, unrhythmic pounding. She didn't think she could tense any further, but somehow she tightened like a coil. The arm that crushed her chest pressed down upon her breathing. The steel that laid its line of ice along her neck seemed to slice her flesh. And the howl that echoed in her mind was closer now.